Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show. I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase income, and to advance mission. All right, guys, so we have an exciting show for you today. We have Mr. Patton McDowell on the podcast, and Patton actually also has a podcast called Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, so do check out his amazing podcast as well, since you're a podcast listener. And he also has a new book out that we're going to be discussing in the podcast today about nonprofit leadership. Um, so yes, we are talking about nonprofit leadership. We are talking about if you want to transition into the nonprofit sector, especially at the executive level, um, what kind of skills do you need to really su- uh, succeed in that arena? Even if you're working your way up within a nonprofit to get to the executive level, what types of skills and what types of hacks um, for skills that you can develop to really skyrocket your way to the top. So that is very exciting. We're also talking about shifting over from the corporate world into the nonprofit world. And in general, what types of job trends are happening you know, we talked about in the, in the podcast a little while ago about the great resignation, and I coined it the great redistribution because really we're seeing people shift uh, total career sectors, right? So from the corporate world to the nonprofit world, from the nonprofit world to the freelancing world, etc. So we're going to touch on that absolutely in today's episode. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsor at Grant Writing and Funding here. We have amazing resources for you at grantwritingandfunding.com. So if you're looking for the grants formula of mini video series or other types of grant templates and resources, or if you're looking for nonprofit resources, how to actually get grant ready, your nonprofit grant ready, Um, Or if you're looking how to get paid to write grants as a freelancer, either as a side hustle or a full-time job, we definitely have a bunch of free resources for you at the Grant Writing and Funding Hub Haven. Just jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and you will go ahead and push start here and you can sign right up for that. You'll also get our weekly newsletter and other launches and sales and things that we have going on. Um, You can also check out our website for other free trainings that we have going on, as well as our online courses, and we also offer hybrid uh, courses on Zoom that are live training on Zoom um, a couple of times throughout the year. So you'll definitely want to check those out. All right, guys, so definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com for all of those resources. All right, so back to our episode today, and we're talking once again to Mr. Patton McDowell, Really, really fun. Had a wonderful time with him. And just a little bit about Patton. Uh, Patton McDowell is a nonprofit expert, author, speaker, and coach. He leads PMA Nonprofit Leadership, a consulting practice he founded after his successful 25-year career in the nonprofit sector. His leadership experience includes working at Special Olympics International, and he led fundraising teams at a public and private university. 
He is a frequently sought-after consultant and speaker on nonprofit issues of strategic planning, organizational development, and staff and board leadership. He received a BA from UNC Chapel Hill, an MBA from Queens University of Charlotte, and a doctorate from the University of Southern California. He is a certified fundraising executive and master trainer for AFB International. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into the episode today. For all of the show notes, please go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 215. Once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 215. All right, here is Mr. Patton McDowell. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I am super excited to have a special guest on our show today in nonprofit leadership. Yep, we talk about it off and on, but not a lot. So we really wanted to touch base on what's going on as far as if you're looking for a career as a nonprofit leader, if you want to jump leaps and bounds up into the executive top, what you need to do. So to talk about that today and to help me out is Mr. Patton McDowell. Hello, Patton. Welcome to the show. Holly, delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. And I'm really excited because you are a fellow podcast host yourself. So you want to talk about your podcast for a minute and introduce it? So uh, I'm it. grateful for that, Holly. Love your show. And uh, yes, you and I can talk podcasting all night long, perhaps. But <laughs> mine is called Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, which is the same title uh, as the book that you and I may be discussing, but it's been fantastic an opportunity, frankly, to bring people like you, by the way, for your mm -hmm. listeners to know you're going to be on the show and I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been able to bring in almost 150 leaders from around the world who have had incredible journeys toward leadership in our sector. And so oh, that is that. kind of a, yeah, it's a passion of mine, but it's just so nice to hear their stories and frankly, uh, learn from them. And I hope the book and our both of our podcasts add to the learning of our listeners as well. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you've already been able to inter or interview 150 experts and you have more than 25 years of personal experience in the nonprofit sector yourself. So I love that, you know, you're also just a little bit about your bio as you're a nonprofit expert and author, as you mentioned. So you're just, today is actually your book release when we're <laughs> recording. Exactly this. right. <laughs> Celebrating today for sure. I've also been sharing the launch with my folks to be like, hey, this is a curated resource. So definitely excited for your book because it's definitely needed. Once again, that's called Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, which we will be discussing today. You're also a speaker and a coach and you lead PMA Nonprofit Leadership, which is your consulting practice. So right. not only have you been in the experience or like in, in you know, the, the sector yourself, but you're also a consultant in that. So really excited to talk about nonprofit leadership today. Once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to know, okay, so you've been doing this for 25 years. You're now a coach. You do a podcast. You're an author. Yay, today. <laughs> so you know, what got you into the game? Like what, you know, what's your story, Patton? Well, I'm delighted to share it because I think a lot of us in this sector come in through a side door, not necessarily by plan. Although there is a whole new generation I'm excited to talk to you about of what I would call emerging leaders who are deciding on, you know, out of high school and college to get into nonprofit leadership. But I was not such an individual. Uh, I had an opportunity to intern with Special Olympics International. So I was a student at UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina and then 
happened to you know have an internship opportunity and i thought well it'll be fun to be in dc for a summer it washington dc is in fact where the headquarters is located but it turned out holly to be a career defining opportunity because i saw nonprofit leadership up close eunice kennedy shriver the founder of special olympics was still actively leading that organization i was like wow, wow. there's more to this than just volunteering. And I think many people view the nonprofit sector as a, a feel good volunteer opportunity, but not a real quote job. And Absolutely. I learned quickly that it's a real job. Yeah. And so fast forwarding from there, I was hired by Special Olympics International, worked there for a time, came back to North Carolina, worked in their state office. Then I spent 10 years in higher education fundraising. Uh, so I got to experience a bit of what your grant writing audience knows, the art and science of philanthropy, um, and led two university teams, uh, one called UNC Wilmington and another Queens University here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So anyway, after doing that for 20 years, I decided to start a consulting practice, and I've been doing that now for 13 years and have been able to work with a couple hundred nonprofits, strategic planning, fundraising, but what I love to do and what we'll talk about is coaching and training leaders, you know, the talented people that lead these nonprofit organizations. I want to help them do it even better. I love that. You know, and just as a, as a nod to that whole, you know, issue of people, a lot of times, like you said, the landscape is changing when we're looking at nonprofits, younger people are realizing, you know, this is a career path. However, Indeed. a lot of people don't realize it's like that. But, you know, a lot of the research that I've been doing over the last few years is about the GDP impact. So the gross domestic product impact that nonprofits have. And it's, you know, according as of 2020, when we looked at different research, it was five, it was over 5% contributing to the national GDP. So that's provided rent, you know, supplies, bought, you know, all of those things, like it is a huge economic portion of our society. So that's definitely something, you know, to be highlighted more and more and gives credibility, I think, to just volunteer. <laughs> No. You're exactly right. It's, you know, often described as the third sector, you know, but mm -hmm. the third sector is a big part of the economy, as you just said, yeah. I did some research for the book, and you're right, found something like, you know, billions of dollars of yeah. uh, salary income mm -hmm. is generated from the nonprofit sector. So it is a serious, and frankly, growing faster in many sectors than the for profit community. So yeah. it's an engine in our economy. And, and it's going to need more fuel. And that's why you and I are talking about making sure there's leadership to make it happen. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I saw in this research, just like you're saying, was uh, in what you just said, and I think this is a good segue into what we'll talk about, is there was a huge growth. Uh, way more than for profit, way more than under other sec the other sectors, as yep. far as job creation in the nonprofits for like the last three to time. one, three to one almost right is what yeah. I saw. That's huge, exactly. Mm -hmm. So looking at this, and you know, recently we had a podcast on um, the Great Resignation and kind of looking at it more as a Great Redistribution. Yeah, of good job point. To job or career to career, right? So. Um, analyzing this, and I know a lot of people were interested in, in talking about this, or they're analyzing, 
you know, potential career changes, or they've hit the glass ceiling at a certain nonprofit, and the only way they can go up is to go lateral, right? Yes. To another nonprofit. So, you know, kind of looking at what is in society right now, like what the different kind of thought processes are. How can people, you know, just being at a point maybe in their nonprofit? So let's let's look at people who are currently in nonprofits, and they say. I've hit this glass ceiling at mine. I might need to go lateral. How can they develop into nonprofit leadership, into those executive positions? If they feel like they hit, you know, is are they actually at the glass ceiling? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. What are some things Good that question. they can do? Yeah. yeah and then we can right. talk about getting into it, but I just kind of want to address people if they're there now. A- absolutely. Because I think you and I are probably having a lot of conversations with people that I, they, they've hit that plateau, their glass yeah. ceiling, as you described. And they get frustrated because they know they enjoy the sector. But you're right. Sometimes it is a, a side move. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can't climb the ladder they're on, they may have to move on to a different ladder. What I've tried to address in the book is a, a, a tangible way to self-assess. Mm-hmm. Because something perhaps is keeping you from climbing the ladder. It may be someone simply is in the job ahead of you and mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity instead of being frustrated by that lack of mobility upward. What are those essential skills and experiences you need as a nonprofit leader to move into senior leadership? Mm-hmm. And so, for example, one of the things I go into the book is I've defined what I think are 10 essential skills and experiences mm-hmm. for senior leadership in the sector. But the point over that is, are people willing to self-assess? Because uh, I'll, you know, I'll talk to people and they're frustrated and you know, the grass is always greener, of course, but I'm like, all right, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, let's, let's talk about what skills and experiences you might obtain, which would allow you to move up. And hopefully that is something that can be helpful to them so they can get through the glass ceiling that you described. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, let's stop self-assess because we can get so stuck into well, Sally has this and she has that and I don't have that. And I've been here 20 years longer, whatever it is. And we get, we get frustration. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's do something about it. Yeah. Some of it's completely justified. Right. But at the same point, if it feels out of your control, like, so let's pull back and assess. So what would be some of the things that people could use as guiding questions to self-assess? Yeah, what I do is kind of look at this worksheet gets into things like, I think, what are search committees of senior nonprofit organizations looking for? Mm. And I think most of your listeners can guess, but I think it's important to break them down and think about it. They're going to look for personnel management. They're going to look for strategic planning. They're going to look for fiscal and financial oversight. You're going to need to understand governance. Obviously, you're working with a board of directors in a nonprofit. And of course, like you know, Holly, they're going to have to understand philanthropy, all aspects of it. So what I'm trying to do when I work with someone is break all these elements down because talented nonprofit leaders are good at many of them. This is not to suggest they're not, you know, they're struggling across the board, but they probably have some things they need to move beyond competence and move into a confident state. So that's what I would say, some of those things, but often it's financial management that can trip up someone who came through the program side or the fundraising side. They're not as comfortable with the budget. So I think financial acumen is one of the things I put on my top 10 list. You've got to be comfortable knowing the numbers. And so that would be maybe an example, Holly, I would lift up in particular. 
I love that. And, and then, because you're right. I mean, I see a lot as well. I'm just not a fine. I don't understand the books. Like, you know, I'm kind of right, just, right. I'll push it off on that person. Cause I don't have to deal with it. And I'm just not that kind of person, but it's like, you can learn it though. You know what I mean? It's like, you can totally learn it. Agree. So how do they learn it then? Do you, do you recommend like, if they're looking at one of those skills, they self-assess and say, maybe I need more financial acumen. Maybe I need more management, uh, understanding of management, right? Like how, how do they then learn it, you know, or, or kind of pull get the experience because they might feel like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I talk about in the book, something called curating knowledge, mm-hmm. which is first identifying, all right, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn? And then identifying resources. And of course, the classic resources could be a book, could mm-hmm. be a course. Um, but, you know, something I've found that is inexpensive, it just requires our networking ability. When I was at first at Special Olympics, I was on the program side mm-hmm. and the budget just mystified me. Yes. And I was like, but I realized I needed to climb that hurdle mm-hmm. to move in, up any ladder. You know what I did is I reached out to the chief financial officer of the organization who, frankly, the only time people approached her, I think, was to, to kind of argue for more budget. <laughs> And so I approached her and said, no, I'm not, here to argue. I'm not here to argue. Would you be willing to spend three meetings? I'll take you to lunch three times and just help me understand at a high level how the finances of this organization works. First, first meeting, we'll talk revenue. What are the three drivers? I, I tried to work in rules of three because I okay. find that is easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk revenue. So when I go to the next board meeting, I want to understand what are the financial drivers on the revenue side? The next meeting, we talk the expense side. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, let's understand. I need, are we getting state dollars? Are we getting local dollars? Are we getting grant money? How does it all come together? And then where does it go, right, yeah. on the expense side? And then finally, on the third meeting, mm-hmm. I did, um, I asked her to explain to me all the reports from the okay. accountant that go to the board um, that we have to report to the IRS because I knew ultimately someday I need to understand that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it accomplished multiple things. I learned over the course of three months, a ton. Mm-hmm. I had a better relationship now with the business office of the organization, right? Because I think she appreciated that I was willing to learn yeah. and it gave me confidence. So I've always thought that is an idea when someone comes to me and says, yeah, I'm overwhelmed by some knowledge piece whether it's plan giving and fundraising or budget or campaign management or HR, find somebody that would be willing to mentor you maybe in a time limited period of meetings. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to kind of overcome a hurdle. That is so smart. And it's like the simplest, lowest hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. She's right down the hall. Yeah. So I don't need to go take a college course. No. Now, I I do encourage in some cases, you know, graduate education, take a course at the community college, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think often people, the low hanging fruit, as you say, might be right across the street, right down the hall or within your community that yeah. could help you out. Yeah. I, and yeah, that's so good. I mean, the networking and, and plus like that, you know, the, chi- the, uh, the, fi- the chief financial officer, she understands your nonprofit specifically exactly it's not just like something generic right that might not apply to you in some certain ways but she's being very specific this is how our nonprofit operates exactly right exactly right and I'm sure that that also helped you develop more relationships with the board of directors as well 
if you're now able to understand that and make comments or suggestions or just, you know, any kind of feedback. So exactly. I could chime in to a meeting yeah. and not just be kind of intimidated. And let's face it, much of the board discussion is often on finance, yeah. expense, revenue, some combination. And so for you to be able to confidently well, first understand what they're talking about <laughs> and then secondly contribute, mm -hmm. I think elevates you as a candidate for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's really, really good. So that would be someone if they're feeling maybe, you know, plateaued where they're at a little frustrated, um, that could, those could be definitely some elements like let's first self-assess before we make yes. any moves and, you know, figure out or feel helpless and not being able to make any moves and figure out what some options are. But first let's see what, you know, how we can develop. And I love that. I love how simple it is. So now let's kind of switch the talk to maybe somebody who's coming into the out of corporate world or out of a totally different type of, you know, never into the nonprofits, but they're at a time and place where they're like, I want to have more meaningful work now. And I want to transition into this sector. Um, yes. So how, you know, I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of it, right? Nonprofits are like, hey, we want different matrix of skills. We're excited about this too. Like, can you talk about like how they would transition and what kind of challenges they may face or what kind of solutions that we could come up to those challenges? Yeah, it's, it's I love that you raised that because you're right. I know we don't want to say great resignation. What was the phrase you used, Holly? The, oh, the great, great redistribution. <laughs> A great redistribution. Yes. Good. I'm going with that. Yeah, take and it. In take fact, it. <laughs> well, let's face it. The, the pandemic has a lot of folks reconsidering kind of the value of their work life. Yes. And maybe I don't want to keep doing this job in a for-profit environment when I feel like there'd be more, you know, uh, gratitude for my efforts if I were a nonprofit. But the question becomes, and I've tried to address in the book, are your skills and experience transferable? I think there are at least three areas that I would emphasize for what I'm calling the lateral entry, lateral from for-profit to non-profit. Mm -hmm. Number one, they need to understand philanthropy. You know, that's kind of unique to our sector. And obviously the for-profit business is selling a product. They don't require really a, an understanding of the philanthropic kind of exchange of giving. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, I think, unique is they've got to understand volunteer management often in for-profit, everybody is paid to do a job. And so there's a different kind of management dynamic mm -hmm. that someone in for-profit can boss people around to be blunt, right? But in nonprofits, often you're relying on the volunteer talent and time and energy. And I think that is a unique element. It's an HR component that for-profit folks may not have had to deal with like our nonprofit friends. Mm -hmm. So that's the second component. The third would be governance working for a nonprofit board of directors. I hear that a lot. The for-profit professional says, wow, I was used to having one boss, not 15, yeah. right? When I'm now, if, if they are indeed in an executive position at a nonprofit. So those would be three, Holly, that I would put forward. Now, everything is still on the board, you know, finance, management, technology, all the things that for-profit businesses have to do too. Nonprofits do as well, yeah. often with less resources, however. Right. That's what I think trips up that well-intentioned uh, for-profit person who loves volunteering at, uh, let's take Special Olympics, but that's not the same as working full-time for the organization. 
Right. And, and let's just ask the question, like, let's be blunt. Like, let's just say, can they still get paid? You know, like we always hear a lot of like, you just get paid peanuts in the nonprofit sector, like somebody coming out of corporate America, can they get into the nonprofit space and still expect, you know, a compatible salary? It's getting better, but no, if, if they're, it's unlikely they're going to maintain the same kind of salary structure. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I hear a lot, folks will kind of retire into nonprofit, which yeah. concerns me. In other words, they've like, I don't need to make any more money. And so I'm, I'm ready for a change. So why don't I kind of retire and get into the nonprofit business? But what I want to warn them is that, hey, don't think that by working in nonprofit, you're going to be able to take it easy. In fact, you may have to work harder because of what you and I know is lack of resources, lack of personnel around you. So be careful if you're thinking, uh, you know, nonprofit leadership is a retirement move. Yes, I like that a lot. You know, and it's really important. Like you said, there's, it's a different business model. You know, it still is a business Correct. Model, but it is Correct. different. So yeah, so it's- it's Got to do your homework. Yeah. Right, you've still got to do your homework and learn mm-hmm. learn that business model that you just described. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, that those are great though, uh, areas of improvement or learning though, as well for lateral movement. Um, so yeah, I mean, so looking at that, so they might not have the same salary and like you said, it is getting better. There are some shifts, um, you know, in that, however, you know, now let's kind of look at the opposite. Have you seen nonprofit leaders shifting into private sector? Cause we've also seen that kind of shift and are they taking the, what kind of skills are they taking over there? That's good. And, and of course, I, I think it's a tribute to nonprofit leadership. I have a friend that describes himself. I'm a leader that happens to work in nonprofit. I'm not a nonprofit leader. Oh, I like uh, that. Shout out to Will Jones is his name. And I think his point is a really good one that it, it, that somehow nonprofit leadership is a step below for-profit leadership or governmental. Mm. And his point is, no, it, this is complex and, and just as important leadership in any sector. So to answer your question, yes, I think increasingly, if you develop into nonprofit leadership, your skills indeed will transfer. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in some ways, you may be even more effective in for-profit because you might have more resources to do it if you've had to. And, and, and think of that, Holly, a lot of businesses know that getting their young professionals into nonprofit board roles yeah. or volunteer roles actually allows them to exercise leadership muscles, maybe in an even better way. So yes, I think nonprofit leadership is transferring. Because think about what they do. They're they're having to do marketing, they're having to do sales through philanthropy, they're Mm -hmm. having to do speaking and communicating and everything. Uh, I would suggest even at a a multiplier of many other organizations. So Mm -hmm. Get your start in nonprofit. It it could it could indeed pay off. Yeah, yeah. So and then kind of shifting to that, then people who may be younger, who now you say that this is kind of on the table now, like a career in nonprofit leadership or in in different types of nonprofit, you know, in the sector. So can you talk about that? Kind of like what that rises and why that's happening. I'm excited about that sector as much as any. Mm-hmm. Um, I have young adult children, some of which I hope might consider nonprofit leadership. Mm-hmm. I have a graduate student intern right now who represents, I think, this emerging leader generation. Um, 20 years ago, there were, you know, certain select higher education programs and nonprofit leadership, Stanford, Yale, 
and a few others across the country. In the U.S. right now, there are over 300 university programs, majors in nonprofit leadership. And what does that tell us? That means more and more students are demanding it. And universities are going to react to the demand. They're offering programs. And what is exciting about that is that means there are a ton of talented young professionals going into nonprofit leadership, training for it, getting degrees in it. And so again, a motivator for me in the book was like, all right, how do we help these talented now college graduate young professionals quickly uh, mobilize into our sector? And so again, some of the steps that I illustrate in the book are, if someone's brand new, I'm going to give you a path as well. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, Holly, there's still, you know, first some visioning exercises, but then self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Where are you strong? What do you need to work on? And then how can you develop skills and experiences that'll help you quickly get a job and then, you know, ultimately climb the ladder? Right, right. And this is, I mean, fascinating. I, I'm really fascinated too with this uh, new generation, right? It's really, you know, it's exciting. There's such potential, exactly. Yeah. And just the way, you know, even, you know, people are shopping these days and what's behind this and, you know, nonprofits are driving more products for sale because people are, you know, they want to know where their monies are going and what's, you know, the effect of it. So there's so many good things. I know sometimes it can feel very like, you know, the last couple of years has been rough, but um, we got to like also, you know, acknowledge that there's a lot of good things too that are coming out of this and the way people are thinking and they're kind of pulling back and reevaluating. So the nonprofit, you know, sector has definitely been hit, um, you know, financially, but now they're saying, okay, there's other there, you know, we're, we're seeing how this shift is actually coming and how we can leverage this. So, you know, one thing I just wanted to mention too is, okay, jobs. So people might be looking for jobs right, right now that are listening to the podcast and thinking, Okay, so I've heard extremes and I don't know what's been going on. So I want to know from you. I've heard some people are like, we put out job announcements on all of the regular places for a nonprofit leadership position and like crickets. And then other people are like, I had 400 applicants. (laughs) I'm like dying because I'm like, you know, trying to get, you know, uh, so kind of like, what's, is this kind of just, it's all over the place right now? Is there any kind of rhythm to this, you know? I think it's a great question. I do think there are organizations that create a culture that more people want to work at. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about, all right, what are they doing? Now, sure, compensation is a factor. Mm-hmm. Some nonprofits can pay more. But I would argue that most of the talent, back to these emerging leaders we just talked about, uh, yes, they want reasonable compensation, but they also want an opportunity and an environment where they can contribute. And mm-hmm. I think nonprofits in general do a poor job in many cases of onboarding, orientation, providing mm-hmm. training and development. Mm-hmm. And it's it's no wonder that many organizations, I think, have this rapid turnover and then have a hard time hiring because, frankly, they get a reputation that, wow, wow they, they don't provide kind of a stable environment. The nonprofits that are investing in their people, providing professional development, providing meaningful orientation and evaluation, mm-hmm. I think talented nonprofit professionals want to be evaluated. Yeah. And it drives me crazy when I talk to a lot of them and say, how'd your last evaluation go? I said, well, it was kind of a token effort. You know, there was nothing to it. And, and, and this person like wanted feedback. I want to get better. Yeah. And, and so again, long answer to your question, Holly, but I think 
those organizations that provide that kind of dynamic environment. And it's not necessarily the highest salary mm-hmm. that is always going to win because I think good people know that they'll get more than just compensation if they go to an organization that's going to help them get better. Right, right. Yeah, people are very much value driven right now. So I that's you know- exactly right. Yeah. So this is, I love this. And I love, you know, I hope people out there listening and watching are uh, getting um, a really good take on this because this is, these are really great nuggets of information for people who are interested in the sector, um, wanting to shift from, you know, place to place or wanting to kind of up level. So you've definitely given some pragmatic steps that people can take um, and practical steps that people can take. So Thank you for that. So I want to now, before we get off today, I also want to talk about your book because of course we're at the book launch day (laughs) and your book is great. I mean, the, your path to nonprofit leadership. So a lot of the things you talk about today, you go into more depth into the book, of course. Um, Can you, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about it before we close out today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And you're right, Holly, we've talked about some of the principles that in fact, the audiences that I were kind of writing for, we've talked about the emerging professional, the mid-career plateau, what do I do now, and the lateral entry. I'm, I'm in for-profit, could I translate into nonprofit? That's who the book's intended for. And the seven steps along the path to nonprofit leadership are some of the things we've talked about today. You know, yeah. defining your vision, what do you want to do ultimately in the sector? Uh, self-assessing so that you can understand what you need to work on, but defining a plan. Once you decide what you need to work on, uh, you got to do something about it. And so I've provided uh, what I hope are some practical worksheets and thought exercises and uh, also ideas on how to network things like you and I talked about meeting with the CFO. If you're having trouble with the budget, those are the kinds of things I've tried to put in the book so that while I know it's important to talk about leadership theory, I want to give you something that you can do about it and a practical guide is my goal. And that's what I hope readers will find uh, some value in the book for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to get my copies. (laughs) This is exciting. Thank you. It's going to definitely go up here on my shelf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Delighted um, to hear that. Wonderful job. Congrats on your launch. And just excited for you. Keep us updated on how it all goes. I know you're saying you've already reached number one um, in a category on Amazon. So that's really exciting. Um, and so where can people reach you? And we'll definitely have in the show notes too, but for people just tuning in, where can they uh, reach you at? Yeah, patentmcdowell.com. My name is the website they can find. I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. So Patton McDowell on LinkedIn. Um, and then there's a page, you know, just go to the link for the book or the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we've also got some coaching and training, a mastermind program that many of the principles in the book, Holly, I have tested through now seven cohorts of our mastermind group, which is basically small group leadership, a virtual program that has been fantastic. And so I feel good that these uh, ideas have been actually put into practice by talented nonprofit leaders all over the country. Right, right. Awesome. Well, congratulations again. And for you who are listening on the podcast, be sure to check out, since you guys love podcasts, be sure to check out (laughs) Patton's podcast too, Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership. And we will have all of the notes today in our show notes. If you guys want to see the book or just contact Patton, see what he's up to over there. But thank you again for coming on and sharing that knowledge with nonprofit leadership with our audience. And congratulations again on your launch. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll see you soon. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast today. I hope you enjoyed our special guest today, Pat McDowell. And please do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 215 for all of our show notes from today, as well as to find out more about Patton's new book, Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, and his podcast, Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership. And please, while you're there, also join our free grant writing and funding hub haven for all of your grant writing and funding resources. If you love this podcast, please do subscribe. And as always, uh, please do me a favor and leave a review on the grant writing and funding podcast on iTunes or on any of your podcast listeners. All right, guys, we will tune in next week with another special guest. So please do, once again, hit subscribe so you get these episodes delivered straight to your app on your phone or on your computer. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your day.